Great coaches ask great questions. Days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Welcome back to On It, Not In It with Todd Eppert, owner of Focal Point Business Coaching of Ohio. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Oh, living the dream, man. Living the dream. I think this is our sixth episode by now, right? So yeah, I think so. Six months in a row. Now, today is always my favorite episode whenever we do these podcasts because we're looking at myths of your industry. Oh, I love it. So we're going to type some stuff into Google and figure out what the world thinks about business coaches. So one of my favorite shows used to be Mythbusters. Can I call myself <laughs> a Mythbuster today? Absolutely. Sweet. Well, Jamie and Adam? Is that yeah, right? Jamie, Jamie and Adam. Adam. Oh, yeah. who has the mustache? That was Jamie. Uh, that's Jamie. That's a good mustache. Yeah, it is. The handlebar? Yeah. yeah. If I could rock that, but I have a patch right here. I can't grow it <laughs> All right, so I just typed in Google, business coaches are, and the first thing that pops up is useless. Great. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, so, I mean, what I would say to that is if you go back through all the episodes we've been talking about, I've been using the word fit. Um, and I think that someone that would say a business coach is useless has not done their homework on the coach that they need to fit their business. Um, and again, I already also mentioned the lifestyle side. If you've got a lifestyle business and you make great money and you don't need to do anything differently, you don't need a coach. It would be useless for you to have a coach. We're there to help you achieve things that you can't get on your own. Um, I would also say to some people, if you said fitness coaches are useless or dietary coaches are useless or you name it, coaches, life coaches are useless or psychiatrists are useless, right? Oh, yeah, you're going to have that. There's going to be people that say that all over the place. So, right. whoever said that, I think, is probably someone that's A, never worked with a business coach, or B, probably worked with the wrong business coach. No, absolutely. 100% agree. Uh, another one Are business coaches tax deductible? Um, that's a great question. I'd have to ask my attorney <laughs> or my uh, CPA client about that. I do know that. Um, in some cases, I've, I've read specific things about grants where business coaching does qualify for grants mm -hmm. from uh, the state of Ohio and things like that. Um, I do not know if our services are tax deductible, but I would assume that we would fall under professional services like an attorney or an accountant. Mm -hmm. And I believe those services are tax deductible. Mm -hmm. um, so I would think that we are, but I don't want to be told that I'm wrong by a CPA. So go at plausible <laughs> if we're doing Mythbusters. Yes, we need that. to fact check that one. <laughs> okay. Let's fact check that we'll one. We'll do that. I'll plausible. Alex will knock that out for us. Now, the last, or the last one that comes up other than, oh, that's actually two more good ones in here. Are business coaches in demand? So I mentioned last time. So I think that depends on the generation that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So um, when I got out of my training and certification in early 2018, uh, one of the things that I told myself was I was a manufacturing guy. So I worked in a pretty old industry, right? Mm -hmm. It's been around since the dawn of the country. Literally right? since the dawn, right? dawn even, of time. Even, even well say. before that. Right. Um, so it's an old industry. Um, and I told myself that there were going to be lots of businesses that needed the transition, mm -hmm. and they were probably run by the generation of boomers that mm -hmm. are in front of me. 100%. And so they would need help doing that. And what I found was that um, boomers worked really, really hard. The boomer generation worked really, really hard to build what they had, and mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily see the need for coaches. Mm -hmm. um, Xers uh, found the same thing because they often look up to the boomers, and mm -hmm. I'm an Xer, by the way. Yeah, sure. Um, and so, you know, our job was to wait our turn before we would get our time and seat. 
uh, where I see things turning. So I, I definitely have, by the way, I definitely have clients that are also, that are in the boomer generation oh, sure. as well as the extra generation. But I see the demand really spiking as more millennials own businesses and more Zs, quite honestly, get into the world. Why do you think that is? Uh, because I think they grew up with parents that knew how to coach. Um, and so they understand the value of coaching because their parents demonstrated it to them. Versus the boomers who had the traditionalists. Who, right. Just work hard. Right. It just stop, you know, rub some dirt on it was one of my favorite things I was told when <laughs> I was a kid. Go work 40 hours a week and then right. go home. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or go work 80 hours a week and come right. home. Right. So um, no offense to the other generations, including my own. We were not always the best. Well, actually, my generation was pretty good at it. But um, earlier generations, because of all the things that were going on in our country, didn't coach as much as now generations do. Well, it's also a survival thing at that point too, right? Yeah. We are living in a more convenient society than we were 60 years ago. Alex and I talked about this with war the other day too, that it's it's interesting because hard times breed strong people. Yep. And then easy times breed not weak people, but you know, less strong people. And that, that kind of happens the same thing with businesses, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about our, our, our wonderful boomer generation, their parents were the, most of them were the men that fought in World, World War, War II. II. <laughs> right? And the ones that were their moms oftentimes were either the ladies that were the folks that were serving on the lines, mm-hmm. or they were doing all the hard jobs that were left by the men to keep the country running. And so they, they scratched out a living, which right. is great. And they threw the kids in the back, went to work. That's what right. they had to do. Yeah. All right, last one is business coaches are available online. Um, yeah, I think you can get you can get for instance, there's apps that can coach you. Um, there's uh, online things that you can use for sure. I meet with clients on Zoom. Oh, cool. Um, and I do meet with clients face to face. I believe personally that uh, because of the great coaches ask great questions. Mm-hmm. A conversation we had a while back. I think that you have to be so reactionary and to be meeting your client where they are. I don't think AI is there yet. So the apps that do coaching, they're going to help you a little bit, but I don't think they're going to give you the value that you need. It's kind of like reading a book at that point. Right. right? You because, might as well just go read the book. Right. Because the point of me hiring you would be you understand a holistic picture of my business versus an app can't get that. Correct. Makes Correct. Sense. Now with the pandemic, obviously Zoom is more open. Um, if you go back two years ago, I didn't. I think I had one client that was on Zoom. Now I have four or five clients that are on Zoom because it's just more convenient. No, that makes plenty of sense. All right. <laughs> our, our audio engineer came with a lot of us. All right. Business coaching is only for failing businesses. Wow. True or false? Uh, I, 100% false. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I don't work with failing businesses. Um, as a coach, one of the things I look for is a company that is successful that needs a little more gas in the tank or a little more support to get to the next level. The ceiling mentality. We Correct. About the first now, episode. maybe that's my personal choice because, again, as my in my world of manufacturing, I was, uh, you know, I never was part of a company that was circling the drain, but I also never wanted to be part of a company that was circling the drain. So right. I don't want to. If you're already in a in a failing situation, there's something you need to do. It's probably not coaching. Right. It's probably Go do that and then come back. Right. It's probably something more drastic than coaching. Uh, maybe an industry consultant that has a really specialization, or maybe you've got some other thing that's causing a failure that you need to fix, but that probably not sense. coaching. Business coaches are therapists. Um, life coaches more, are more have those tags that are attached to them from therapists. Um, business coaches do, because especially when you work with small businesses, mm-hmm. um, family dynamics come in, life comes in, because a, a business owner, is their life is their business. Um, so I will say that I, I, I am not a qualified therapist. <laughs> first of all, first and foremost, have I ever been asked, well, how do you balance your life with your family? 
I'll draw on personal examples. Right. Um, and I'll congratulate them for building a small business that's keeping their business afloat like I've done now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll encourage them along the way. But that, I'll take my coach hat off and have just a person-to-person conversation there. Right. That makes sense. Let's see. What else do we got here, Alex? All right. Business coaches do all the hard work for you. 100% inaccurate. <laughs> Um, so, uh, business coaches really, uh, one of the mantras in coaching is the coachee does the work. Uh, the coachee is the person that's being coached obviously. And so what they, the reason that is, is because if they do the work, they take the ownership of it, they get the job done. It's not dependent on the coach. Mm -hmm. So eventually the coach can go away, like taking the training wheels off of a bike and the person can ride their bike on their own. Now you may need the coach again for another situation to help you get through that. But the, the coach's design is to help the person really do the work so they can take the next step in their business. Sell themselves. That's awesome. Business coaches have, quote unquote, secret methods. And all you're really paying for is those pointers, which you can get from books. Wow, that's a loaded one. I know. Seriously, like, dang. That's, <laughs> the next one's pretty loaded, too. But we'll get to that in a second. Okay. So um, let me address the second part of that, that all I really need to do is read some books. Right. We've talked about that a little bit before. Yeah, so if you want to read all the books, the 50, 60, 120 books that are going to be released in the last quarter related to business, Seriously? Oh, I'm sure there are, right? There's hundreds of books published every year that are, uh, in my opinion, um, and this is going to sound terrible, but um, I don't believe there's a ton of new knowledge that's ever really created in our world. I think it's repackaged for the current situation in the world. 100%. So the best practices that happened back in the 1920s when you read a book by Napoleon Hill. Or Plato. Still work today. Right. Right. So so if you want to continue to read all the books and take pointers from them and do them, it's going to be a lot of energy and effort on your time. And yes, you can do that. It's just like some people can have a home gym and work out every single day and be disciplined about it. I cannot. Right. Same exact Most thing. cannot. Right. Um, the first part of that, what was that one? That was uh, uh, secret so techniques. You have secret techniques. Is that, yeah. Are you like a ninja for businesses? How does this work? Uh, what I try to be is a ninja for asking questions. There you go. Right? Great, quest- great coaches ask great yeah. questions. That's awesome. All right. Let's see. The next one is business coaches are vastly overpriced. That's what we haven't talked about is your pricing model. I'm sure it depends. I don't want to like drive too much into it, but true or false? What do you think? So, yes, we're high priced. If you see us as a profit line from the perspective of this is my cost for a business coach. Mm-hmm. If you look at the value proposition, meaning what am I trying to do in my business and what's it mean to me to achieve the goal that I can't get on my own, then we're very inexpensive. Mm. So I've, I've actually had clients. I had a client in my first year uh, that paid me almost 30% of what she paid herself. She was a solopreneur. So because she saw a challenge that she couldn't get past. Mm-hmm. Today, she has reaped the rewards four times over from what she invested in me, even more. Mm-hmm. But um, we worked together for about a year. I helped her get some things in place. She took action on them, and now her business is four times bigger than it was oh when gosh, I started right. working with her. And she worked with me for about a year. So to her, she would say that was the smartest investment she ever made. If you see me as a, a cost line, then yes, I'm very pricey. But if you see me as an investment, it's it's a very good investment deal. That's awesome. That's a great way to explain that. Let's see. What else we got? Oh, successful business coaches must have industry experience to be helpful. Um, I, I think that's very dependent. Um, so I have seen coaches that are really focused on specific industries. Like, for instance, um, I, I was talking to a dentist one time, and there was a coach that just, just works with dentist's office. And she hired that coach. Great. That was a good fit for her. 
right? Um, I like being kind of a, an uh, agnostic when it comes to business, business agnostic, whatever. I believe in business, but it doesn't matter what you are. Uh, so, <laughs> Agreed. So, That's a good way to approach life, actually. Yeah, right. kind of thing. Um, so I, I come with all these different perspectives, and there might be something in a completely different industry that adds value to you mm-hmm. that I can ask that question of, I just was talking to this person. I heard this in this industry. Does this apply to you? Lean manufacturing plays in service all the time. Correct. Correct. So, so I think for, for some people, they need a person that's in their industry. For mm-hmm. other people, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. It's nice. fit. It's all fit. That's awesome. All right, and the last one that audio engineering likes to provide for us, I want to ask you ones that you've heard too, is my coach will be able to fix me. Um, we are not there to fix people. Um, we are there to help them achieve results they can't get on their own. So again, go back to the first one you mentioned that we only work with uh, failing businesses. Failing businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, people aren't, bro- you know, everybody's kind of broken in their own way, right? Oh, 100%. I can't fix that, but I can help you achieve things you can't do on your own. Hmm. What are the goals that you have and how are we going to achieve them? That's awesome. So that's a question. That's fantastic. Now, what myths do you hear? What objections do you get from clients? Um, so I, I do get the one that, well, you don't have any industry experience. So that those That's a relevant one, as well as the cost one. Those are the ones that I do hear mm-hmm. more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, other myths, what I've heard often is that you have to be, you know, you have to be a gray hair to be a successful coach. Uh, I happen to be a gray hair, <laughs> but I don't believe that you need to be gray hair to be a successful coach. I know some very talented younger coaches that it's, they ask great questions, they have high energy, they care about their clients. And so um, I think it does have help to have some experience, mm-hmm. um, but certainly you don't have to have 20, 30, 50 years of experience to be a great coach. Were you gray hair before or after becoming a business coach? So I started turning gray at 22. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, so before. And so it was before. Uh, it was actually right as I was getting out of college, I started turning gray. When was your first born? Uh, 35. Okay. So or no, 32. Excuse okay. Me, 32. So the no correlation, no, cor- yeah, no I, correlation I found, to children. I found a couple of grays in there at 29 <laughs> the other day. And I was like, Oh, this is looking a little bit rough. Yeah. So I think it's cause they kid though. Yeah. Mine was DNA. <laughs> I, came, I came from a long hair, long line of gray hairs. You can't blame for that. Right. So yeah. So I don't, I don't think age has anything to do with it. So another myth I've heard is that you don't need to be certified or you don't need to have great content or you don't need to have a process or whatever. Um, and so I do hear from folks, well, why would I hire you versus, you know, Bob, who's a coach or whatever. So, um, and this is more of a, uh, maybe a perspective. Um, so from my perspective, if I were going to go to a professional, um, I would want to have someone that's certified in what they do. So I would go to a dentist that's certified in dental work. I would go to an attorney that's certified in how to write legal documents, Mm -hmm. Um, same thing in the coaching industry. So I'm not suggesting that a coach that's not certified can't be successful, but I would also suggest to folks that, you know, having certifications, having content that's been proven, it, it's going to help you. Um, it is my coaching practice is not about what Todd Eppert brings to the table. I bring great content. I bring great questions. I bring a great process to my clients. They get a better product because I have those things behind me. No, that's amazing. That's a really good way to look at it. Something else that we found on Google was you can't tell your business coach anything that breaks confidentiality. Basically, do you have a client-patient confidentiality for business coaching? So, so generally, my conversations with my clients are, are confidential, mm-hmm. right? So um, they're talking about their employees. They're talking about their business. They're talking about specific numbers in their business. We don't, we, I would never share those things. Um, if something happened, like if I had a business owner that literally was threatening someone's life, like I, I think I'm going to kill this guy. I would want to obviously see if he's being <laughs> sarcastic or not. Um, if it were a personal harm or something, I would, I would tell the owner point blank, I'm going to share that information outside right. of this meeting. This is beyond what I'm allowed to keep confidential. Discuss, right. 
Yeah. Now, if it were something unethical, I think there's a lot of, quite honestly, there's a lot of uh, gray territory when it comes to ethics Business in ethics, the world. Right. Um, and so, you know, it, I, I don't know that I could share things like that. Now, if they were, you know, stealing from somebody money or from, embezzling right. from their company or whatever, I, 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 I don't probably have the expertise to really prove that they're doing it or not. Um, so I would probably say, you know, you probably shouldn't share that with me. Yeah, don't tell me that part. Just right. go back to right. asking you questions. Right. Let, right. Let's go back to your business. Um, you know, um, I, I actually, this goes back years ago, um, 10 plus years ago, I was doing some consulting and I was working with a company that was, uh, there was some embezzling going on and we had to talk to the owner about that. And, and the guy that was embezzling was his son. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was rough. So, I mean, in those situations, if I, let's say I was working in a business where an employee, like, let's say the owner was paying me to coach one of his employees and the employee told me how he was stealing from his owner, I would absolutely share that. I would tell the guy, I'm going to tell your owner that that's what's going on because I have to. Right. Right. That's fiduciary responsibility kind of thing. That makes sense. Um, Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would ever be told like some other moral or ethical thing, quite honestly. Right, like, I'm over here cheating on my wife, and while I do that, I'm like, yeah. My product's not really gluten-free, but we say it is, or something. Yeah, I I can't say anything about that. I wouldn't share that. I mean, that's, yeah. If it were something like that, yeah, Alex, the the sound engineer just asked me about being gluten-free and not being gluten-free. Right. uh, It was the question. So um, I would say you might want to rethink your marketing strategy. Is that really a smart decision? Right. Go back to questions. It's not like you're going to go up to the FDA and say, hey, it's not actually organic. Correct. That makes sense. Correct. I would would probably challenge the business owner to be better and ask a lot of questions. But you're not a mandated reporter. I'm not mandated to report it. Right. So um, another myth that I've heard is that, well, if I want to sell my business in three months, I should go get a business coach. Hmm. Um, so it's more about timing sure. right? or maybe it's like, when do I, when do I engage with a, a business mm-hmm. coach? So in the exit world, um, first and foremost, I would tell you, do not hire a business coach if you're less than three years away from exit. And the reason is, is because you want to work with the coach for mm-hmm. a while and then you want to have three years of financial performance that you can share with a prospect buyer after right. your coach has done the work with you. Right. Right. Because it's going to increase the value of your Craig, company. It's going right. to increase the value of the business. And so if, if I have a client that talks to me and says, well, I, you know, I don't need a coach because I'm not going to exit my business in 10 years, I would tell them, you're actually the perfect person to work with because we'll work together now. And in 10 years, your business will be worth that. Build the evaluation right. for it. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Now, do you see... Do you fire clients often? Do I what? Do you fire clients? You know, I have fired a few clients in my time. Um, It's been a long time. It was more in the beginning of my practice where I made bad decisions on fit for me. Sure. Um, And quite honestly, maybe they were trying to be nice and give me an opportunity and they had a bad fit for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I still work with a client where I I work with several people in the business. And... uh, we had to make a decision because it was the wrong person to work with in the business. Mm, that makes sense. No, I'm sure that there, it goes both ways with that side of the conversation. Now, by the way, that person's but... still at the business. We didn't uh, fire the person. Right, no, but as a client. Right, I just didn't right. continue to coach them. And they've, they've done wonderfully at the business. Right, right. And I think it all depends, as you said before, fix. That, that fit conversation is going to go both ways. Right. You a Ted Lasso fan? I am not. I, everybody tells me I should watch Ted Lasso. You know, you, you hit the guy. Like, it's a perfect example. You're basically Ted Lasso. But looking at his coaching <laughs> style, because he is a football, an American football coach that goes overseas, becomes a soccer yep. coach. And everyone's like, you're a soccer or you're a football coach. You're not going to know anything about you know European football. Get back to America. And he said, coaching is coaching, basically. It's about knowing the people. It doesn't matter what area you put on. It's all about a people game. 
Agree or disagree? Uh, I totally agree. Uh, again, regardless of industry, size of business, you name it, uh, people have com- companies have the same problems. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no vision on strategy or where they're trying to take their business. They have money issues or they, they could be, do better at money. They have people issues, they have personal effectiveness issues, whatever it is. But they're all the same issues that they're going to deal with. And coaching can help them in all those areas. Gotcha. Looking at... <laughs> So this is going to get a little bit political, but it's fine. Looking at politicians and you being a business coach and understanding how organizations are run, the government's just a giant organization. It's a very inefficient organization, but it's a giant organization. How often do you see leaders making bad leadership calls and you're like, man, I need to talk to that dude about this? Uh, For politicians? Yeah. Every time the news comes out. Okay. Have you ever ever worked with a politician about that? Like, is that more of the executive coaching side of it? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yes. Um, We hear stories out of, out of um, the corporate world all the time where they they could have used probably an executive coach, probably someone that could help them walk through those, those conversations they were going to have. yeah, anytime you turn the news on, there's something because the news focuses on the bad, right? Right. So anytime you see that, uh, of course, I'd want to help that person. Um, right. Now, again, I go back to my fit conversation. I don't want to work with politicians. <laughs> uh, me either. And, and it's not that I don't agree with or think that they're doing a, a, a valid thing that they need to do for us. Sure. I just I don't think I can help them. I no, think I would no, struggle. That'd be rough. Looking at the other, the other when I think business coach, if you watch Silicon Valley. I know that's a throwback too. No, no, you need to watch more TV. Actually, <laughs> don't watch more TV. I'm sure that's why you're successful. But looking at, there was a business coach in Silicon Valley, and it kind of made fun of it because it was like the Zen Buddhist monk that this person went to and would throw out really high up their advice. I mean, how much of that is true, right? I mean, after you become a trusted advisor to the CEOs or the owners of the companies, too, do people come to you for that kind of advice? Or how does that relationship usually look like? Yeah, so as a coach, I try not to advise. Um, it's dangerous to advise because, first of all, I don't work in that business every single day. I might spend an hour with them a week, maybe mm-hmm. a two hours with mm-hmm. them a week. So to advise someone at that level is pretty dangerous if sure. you think about it. It's pretty. It's actually pretty uh, arrogant it is. as well. So um, if I was asked to be an advisor in a business, I probably would ask for a different seat on the bus. I would mm-hmm. probably say, hey, I'll be an advisor, but I need to be on your advisory board. I need right. to be part of meetings where we're talking about business, things like that. Anytime a client has said, well, you just, because I have had clients that have looked at me across the table when I'm asking questions and they said, well, you just give me the answer. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Right. And my answer back is always something to the effect of, look, this is not my business. Mm-hmm. It is not my decision to make. If I were in your situation or calling from my own past, past practice or what I've done, this is what I would do. I am not recommending that, but this is what I would do. Sure. Right. Yeah, that's hard. That definitely makes sense. I'm and then to... I very quickly go back to, so what do you want? So to do? questions, right? Go back to questions. You're big on that. You're big on fit. You're big on questions. You're big on building the relationships and using that authentic decision-making process. Owners have and have. I'm just leveraging that. So what else is your secret to success? Oh, we got more. Hang on. Oh, what are other secrets of success? Yeah, and you're as, as a business coach for you. Um, if someone's a if someone's a brand new startup business coach who's like, man, this Todd guy, I want to be like him. What's the first step? Um, I would say, um, listen to other people who have been there before. So I'll go back to my, I I have a coach in my business. My coach was extremely instrumental to me in the first six months of my business. And he asked me questions and challenged me in ways that I didn't want to challenge myself, quite honestly. Um, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds, but I don't want to do the work to do it. He made me do the work. Right. Um, and so he was great for me. Um, Mm -hmm. so listen to other people. So if you are an independent coach, 
um, which again, there's great organizations that can certify independent coaches. You can go through a lot of training. You can attach yourself to a lot of different coaching organizations. Mm -hmm. So if you do that and they don't provide a coach, try to find someone that you can work with to support you that's been there before. That's awesome. That's uh, really point. Yeah, the second thing I would say is um, one of the traps I think uh, business coaches and other professionals when they're starting their business can fall into is this thing called networking. <laughs> um, they fall into the trap of net socializing. Um, so I believe personally that if you're going to go out and network, which everybody has to do that, right. if you're there to grow your business, um, I believe in investing in places where you can show your passion mm -hmm. because people will be attracted to your passion and then they'll want to do work with you. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what it is. If it's Habitat for Humanity, your local chamber, BNI, whatever that is, pick a place where you can really go get involved mm -hmm. and show your passion. And, and dedicate and, your time. And, and, and dedicate your time and be willing to help everyone else in the room. And that's going to help you grow your business. Right, now, I have one last question for audio engineer, then we'll wrap this up. Can you discuss legal or ethical issues with business owners? Legal, so, so... Can you give legal advice? No, I cannot. I'm not a legal... I'm not an attorney, so I cannot give legal advice. But you can tell them, here's the attorney that I would use. For yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So if they were to ask a question around... Let, let's go back to some of the questions you asked about the legal documents for a transition in the business. Mm -hmm. If somebody were to say, hey, can you find me a quick buy-sell agreement? I would say, no, but here's a guy's number that you can, can call and he can give it to you. So it's you finding those strategic partnerships to make sure you have a network for those people. Too. Yeah, and I have a network of people that I trust to do those things. That's awesome. Is there any other mess you want to jump into? Nope, I think that's about it. All right, that's a wrap up. If you need anything else, please reach out to Todd. Todd will make sure we put all of your information in the description below.